All right, friends, how's it going? Zig coming in at the top of the interview. Today I have with me Chris Butler, Ohio Rock Royalty. This guy was in so many different projects and has done so many different things that the interview is kind of chaotic. We go everywhere, but this guy is a character and it was a pleasure to talk with him. He played in the band Tim Huey, the Numbers Band, and the Waitresses, who you might have heard their hit song, I Know What Boys Like, as well as with Richard Lloyd from television. And Chris is the real deal, man. He's still in it. He's still going around and doing things to keep the venues open now with the whole pandemic. He's been even to the point with helping house venues. We get into it. Most of not everyone is taking that level. That's an important spot to look out for. We need the house venues. If not, you don't get the encouragement to go out to the venue venues. So it's been an absolute honor to talk with Chris. As always, the podcast is mixed by Studio 44 CLE. If you have any audio needs, video, streaming, recording, go to Studio 44 CLE. Hit up Jay. Studio 44. Um, and if you guys can like, subscribe, rate, review the podcast and all the podcast platforms. And we're on YouTube now, so if you can hit the like and subscribe button on the YouTube, it helps me keep talking to cool people to share inspiration with you guys. Um... I think that's it. Here we go. Chris Butler. It just sounds better. Yeah. No, it definitely does. Definitely. Um, let me okay. see. How do I? I don't got a good stand for me. Hey, there you are. Hey, nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you, too. And thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, no, thank you for doing this. I Like I was saying, I'm trying to stack up some books here. Um, a lot of times what I've been doing, the Skype calls, no one wants to do the do the, do the video aspect of it. But, oh well, I just want to say hi to somebody. Yeah, so you know, I definitely, I definitely agree. And, and your kitty cat, your kitty cat's observing, observing everything uh, from uh, her high perch. They are, high perch. Uh, they'll be, they'll be involved eventually. <laughs> oh yeah, good, good, awesome, awesome. Well, yeah, great to meet you, and um, I'm vaguely familiar with C, C level, and um, oh, yeah. uh, that's cool. Well, you know, in the circle of things. Oh, awesome, man! Yeah. No, thanks for looking into it. I appreciate it. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. I um, I always got uh, so the band started off. We took that name, you know, we went with it, and then years later, we're like, "There's the SEA level." I'm like, oh, crap. Right. you know, what yeah. I mean, they're uh, a much bigger band. They're uh, pretty good too. <laughs> uh, oh man, but yeah, no. So lately, I've been talking to um some friends of yours, and like your name kept coming up. And when I usually do one of these uh, interviews, I, I go pretty deep and look into all the little things I can. And yep. um, your work kept coming up, too. So I was talking with Glenn <laughs> and Glenn yep. Morrow and Don Ralph. And uh, Don Ralph is absolute gem, genius, full-time human. So is Glenn Morrow. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm flattered that they would uh, mention me. They're really great cats, and I've known them forever ever and they do great work and blah 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 glenn just you know both of them have new new records i just got something from um uh oh, don rath yeah, yeah you know with it yeah isn't that cool it's so cool it, it's so cool they're so good and um uh, myself and a lot of people have been in uh life in a blender and oh, i really? produced their yes. first album and uh uh in fact it's the connection is that glenn uh um put me together with uh, originally with with um 
Life in a Blender, and I've been a, a roaring fan ever since. And um, I just think, you know, uh, uh, I mean, where do you begin? There's really, really smart songwriters out there, and thankfully a lot of them are in my circle. And Don is just off the scale. Um, <clears throat> and great players and great friends and great humor and... I, I I don't live in New York anymore, and I don't live in Seattle. So uh, when he does come to New York, I, I don't see shows anymore. But uh, uh, So I don't know what they're doing now. But he used to do all the shtick and all yeah. these gags. And <laughs> it's just wonderful, you know, ridiculous, goofy uh, stories and uh, puppets and um, uh, just, you know, I, I'm I'm not really sure how to it's performance art or that it's not. Um, and when I first met him, you know, he had this. He still does have this, you know, perfectly round face. And I thought, God, it's the Charlie Brown of rock and roll. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just wanted to have a a big yellow shirt with a zigzag on yeah. it. You know, and yeah, all right. But oh, oh yeah, you know he's been doing this for decades. And Glenn, gosh, gosh, um, good friend, uh, fellow Hobokenite for a long time. And um, um, uh, in, invariably, I run a record uh, by him, and he goes, ah, "It's really good." But you know, he never signs me. But uh, um, <laughs> but there's all kinds of connections and interplay. And you know, it's usually well, I decided to go with this other thing, and the other thing usually sells like crazy. And um, uh, you know, if he had picked me, I'm 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 sure it would be in the remainder bin. So so his uh, taste is. Uh, um, uh, unfortunately for me, is usually spot on. So, so I don't so, know about that, man. I don't know about that. I mean, uh, okay, I did, well, I'm not going to knock his taste. I'm not going to knock his taste. But I, I did a deep dive with some of the stuff you just put out. So I, I don't know. I think that would have sold. Yeah. <laughs> well, you never know. Sure. You never know. You never know. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. So both cats are 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 you know uh, loom large in my pantheon. You know. I, 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 I'm, 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 uh, uh, I'm grateful to know them. They're, they're, they're inspirational to me. Well, so they say the same about you, my friend. Um, well, that's shucks, shucks. <laughs> dude. Don, he can write, man. He's nonstop. Have you ever looked at any of the books he's written? Mm-hmm. He's got mm-hmm. like fifty. Of I them. have a couple. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What do <laughs> you do for a living, Don? I write books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but plural, you know. Yeah, I've got the Schwinn bike one and a couple others, nice. and uh, I know, I know. He's, I know. He's just off the scale. I was on the first blind date, I think, with where he met his wife, and oh no way. Yeah, yeah, Beekeeper. and and was this. Um, yes. And, uh, <laughs> right. And, and it was, um, um, all oh, these animations, I believe from like the early 1900s that were done with insects. And, um, I forget who the, the creator was. It was just brilliant. And some of them were kind of smutty and I thought, oh, well, this is interesting They go on a blind date and they were eyeing each other and, and, um, you know they 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 hit it off and are still together, which is which is really cool. His kid is also off the scale. Um, yeah, he's a, he's got a uh, band going too. Um, yeah, yeah, and he's an artist and uh, yeah, good stuff. I think yeah, big good leather. Genes. Big leather is the name of him. His son's band. <laughs> 
What was it? Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's cool stuff. It's. Yeah. I, I was asking if they were playing the do stuff, and I think that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I wish they would. I wish they. Yeah, but well, you know. Oh yes. Now, now we get into the topic of the middle age slash late middle age slash early old age rock and roller, and what the hell do you do with yourself? Um, and the answer is usually keep going. What the hell? Um, Why wouldn't uh, you? That's it's you know. <laughs> that's I mean, well, you get so tunnel vision into doing it. You know what I mean? When you're uh-huh. doing music, it becomes everything because you have to find all these different ways to make it work. You know, yes. I mean, you can't like like with Don. You can't just like you can't just play music. You got to do nope. the writing thing too. It it it's hand in hand. But yep. and like it makes it. Why would you? I don't think mentally you could rearrange those gears that have grinded out that that mental path to yeah. go another way. Like and why would yeah. you? Or stop? Or yeah, stop? Exactly. Because it's 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 so much in your in your in your genetic makeup at this point, and and um. I don't know about him, but uh, I mean, every once in a while, I'll see you know an entry of a song that's like he was at a songwriter's uh, a workshop or group, yeah. you know, or or he took this class or whatever, and I I realize that in my environment, you know, I'm not doing enough to 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 interact with other people, so so there's a stimulus there. I mean, I have my friends, we play and blah blah yeah. blah, but but just in terms of developing my oeuvre, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, uh, he's stimulating me to go, wait a minute, man, you know, you know, isn't it about time he got serious about this thing <laughs> and, and took some lessons, you know, <laughs> learn those you know, chords, <laughs> you know, you know, yeah, learn those, learn those jazz chords, you know, learn some, <laughs> some more music theory, you know, and, um, I mean, I come up with things like brass arrangements or something for something or yeah. string arrangements for something, but. <clears throat> Truth be told, you know, I don't know the range of the instruments, and I don't know, you know, can I, can this actually be played bowing or whatever? I, I may like the way it sounds, and I just ran into this. I, I, I came up with a brass part for a song, and I go, oh, that's cool as hell. It sounds like Stacks Fault and everything else. And, yeah. and I realized that, well, you need a special baritone because they're only get the low A note. <laughs> There, you know, some of them have it and some of them don't. So there's this mad scramble for the brass guy, the reed guy, to to find, a, a, you know, a baritone that can play this low note. Like, duh, you know, I should know, I should know the range of the instruments by now. So um, anyway, the point yeah, is, no, is like right school's a- in, school's in. It's time to, you know, go back to school and learn nice. something. Is that what you've been doing with the, this quarantine? Um, I'm. Good, yeah, yeah, hitting the books, hitting nice. which hitting, and um, exactly, you know. Um, to be honest, between you and me, it's kind of been great because there are very <laughs> few, very few distractions, right? You know, I'm, it. it's not like I'm being, it. it's not like I'm being stupid prolific like some people I know, but I know I'm taking more care to orchestrate things yeah. and and um, just. Uh, uh, you know, try to grow as an artist or whatever. <laughs> the phrase is but yeah yeah um it's been beneficial to me personally i don't know how how do you feel i mean are you just yeah, getting no, together I'm, I'm with you with it like uh with your guys i mean yeah I, uh, I know it's this light you can't really see my face and i got the the pop filter but like no this but, this uh this quarantine or at least the beginning half of it because i'm a teacher and uh-huh. um it was oh, all man. online i teach adapted music lessons Mm-hmm. Uh, at a charter school in Parma, in uh, Broadview Heights, and in Olmsted Falls. Right, I saw you are uh, art therapy too, right? Yep. Uh, music therapy, right? Yep. yep. Right. 
Yeah, but, man. No, no one ever looks in the way. Do I appreciate that? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. But yeah, sure. I, um, respect. You know? Thank you, thank you. Um, so yeah, they have like a a, a break from everything. So I, I was doing teaching full time and doing acoustic gigs and doing the full band things and just everything at once because that's you know that's what you do. You're like, the gig's right. gonna be over. I'm gonna need another gig. <laughs> like, right, 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 right. And um, so slowly each one stopped, and then it gave me this time, and I developed like this routine of working on stuff i wasn't like uh proficient with like i'm not i'm not a keyboard player i'm not a i'm not a, a mandolin player or really good with roles on the banjo so i just would hone in and just made that my whole day and just like figured right. out things and like and tried to look in the writing actually i was when i was talking to you. don i was uh yep. cracking open a mary oliver metered poetry uh book called the 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 rules of the dancer and just trying to learn how that works and just trying to figure stuff you. out and like it's exciting like what about you what did you dive yeah. into yeah oh no no yeah uh completely um uh, i'm digging into uh, somewhere in my pile here is a book of um that andy partridge wrote about um X his xtc songs and yeah. just to find out how other comp writers and composers you know come up with things and and um uh, there's another great book called, uh, shit, it, um, I mean, sugar, it's on the, uh, <laughs> no, you're good, man. We can swear. <laughs> okay. All right. It's, it's on my bookshelf about, you know, something about what's inside a song and it's song descriptions and, uh, production techniques. I've got a pile of, uh, tape ops behind me that I need to catch up on, you know, yeah. the recording, the recording magazine and tips and tricks and pro tools continues to be a mystery. Yeah. And a lot. A lot of ways, so um, plenty of homework. I see a kitty cat tail. You're right; they're yep, everywhere. Yep. Uh, I got two, and they're gonna. One's gonna eventually hop up and join the conversation. I'm sure. Oh, good. Well, that's good. That's good. Well, I, yeah, I talk a, cat. Um, you cat guy. I, oh yeah, of course, nice. of course. We have two, and and one is a little lady, and one is a. a, a, a they're both strays, um, but they've 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 got it so good now. And this one. Um, Mancoon is just gigantic, and uh, you know this is the cat that was starving yeah. and you know and oh. whatever, and couldn't even generate hair, and now it's a now it's a chunk size uh, cat. Um, uh, you know, uh, very prissy, uh, very spoiled, and uh, will look outside the window. You know, semi wistfully and consider you know, relive its adventures. Um, you know, out in the wild. But uh, boy, <laughs> if the door stays open, he will not go out. He knows he's got it good. <laughs> so uh, yeah, cats, cats, cats rule. I, you know, uh, they're hysterical uh, to me. Um, uh, I've never been a dog person. Not that I'm anti-dog, but yeah. okay. You know, I, I. You know, dogs are for people like, you know, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And cats are like, you're just so fascinating. <laughs> yeah. I can stare, I can stare you, at you for you hours. Why do you do that? <laughs> well, and How do you? As a musician, you know what I mean? The dog, you have to be home to take out all the time. Yeah. Cat, you can be yeah. like, the box is full. I'll get tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cats take of care of themselves, you know. Up and, a, yeah. I mean, I know they're as manipulative as hell, and they just—I I know they're in their little brains. They're going, um, you know, these uh, furless bipeds. We have them, <laughs> you know, running around at our at our command, and uh, um, it, it, it's okay. It's a codependent relationship, and um, I'm, that I'm willing to put up with. So. Definitely, I feel it. <laughs> yeah, I know the. <laughs> 
I got these two. They're they're brothers, and uh, they were. I think they were both. They were both strays, and they they're they're in Bria APL or something, and they found them in a dumpster, and they're both like the the sweetest two cats ever. So, oh, great, great, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I'm glad. Yeah, they look like I got to see in the back. They have all kinds of you know places to play and yeah. walk around. And yeah, no, I got it decked out in here, and usually this is the cat cave with the the current living sitch. So make it as a. Uh, enjoyable as i can for him for the moment yeah that's uh, great but hey anyway, are you still uh, are you still at the same uh i read that you're in the the Dahmer house uh-huh <laughs> are you yeah, still yeah, there yeah. yeah 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 we're i'm actually speaking to you from the yeah. murder room <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago the yeah. house has got a fabulous vibe my girlfriend and i have really you know, filled it with treasures and fun things, and we do a lot of work here. Yeah. She's a graphic designer and a photographer, and um, uh, uh, you know, I got my little uh, pile of whatever. I have a uh, some some gear here, but most of it's down at a workspace in downtown Akron, and it's a you know, the only thing bothersome about it is that people still kind of would kind of want to stop and take pictures, and yeah, if, yeah, if, if there's if there's um, if there's, you know, uh, one of those quote-unquote educational channels runs a serial killer thing, you know, we used to get a few more, uh, you know, up, up, uptick in in uh, roadside photographers. Hmm. But the vibe, the vibe is great. It's a it's a very nice house. It's a mid-century modern, and um, the house didn't kill anybody. And yeah, you know, definitely. get 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 over it. You know, um, definitely. Uh, uh, well, that's a thing. And I, I, I'm not a ghoul. Um, I didn't buy it because of that. I bought it because it was mid-century modern and and it had, didn't have a lawn to maintain and it was far enough from neighbors to make a noise and not bother running because I had all my recording and playing uh, instruments here and bands would rehearse here um, and I didn't want to bug anybody and or have them bug me. Yeah. So I kind of like the fact that you know people are a little bit spooked about about <laughs> you know, keeping the distance yeah. that's yeah. you know fine fine if that's what you want to do if you believe in ghosts you know in 2020 okay <laughs> <clears throat> my guess but there ain't nothing here other than fun yeah so yeah. well it, it, it like you said it's the house now okay one it's your spot yeah and like you've been in yeah. longer than they have you know what i mean like yeah that's right that's right it's not the dumber house it's my our house it's so. your house I, cause I was, I was, I read that. I was thinking about. It, I'm like, man, I feel that same situation right now. Trying to find a place where I can be loud. You know what I mean? Right. And right. Like that's what, that's where you would end up going. A house that no one wants. And you're like, oh, sweet. It's gonna be it now. I can be loud. And no one's gonna call it. It's ideal for being a musician with a with multiple bands coming in or right in yeah, home sections. Right. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. You got to be exactly. able to scare the neighbors because of the sound. Yes. But right. But they're terrified right. of it already. Yeah, I'm a, I, well, it's weird noises that keep coming from that pad. I don't know. I don't know. Keep away. Keep away. Yeah, cool. Cool. Yeah, it's really nice. And if you're down here, stop in because you you're more than welcome. Well, thanks, yeah. man. Appreciate it. Um, you bet. So now, did you always – you didn't grow up in Kent. You grew up in Akron, right? Uh, actually, I'm from Cleveland. Um, Cleveland. I yeah, uh, I'm I'm really old. So, in the '50s, we lived in the Hungarian part of uh, Buckeye Road area. Uh, my mother's side is Hungarian, my father's side Italian, which is kind of right next to each other. Yeah. 
in Cleveland, and then um, my father uh, took us out to the eastern suburbs in mid uh, mid to late fifties, and um, I went to Orange High School, and okay. uh, then went went to Kent and stayed in Kent roughly sixty seven to. Oh, 79-ish, yeah. maybe 78, 79. Um, no, no, that's not right. Maybe 77 but, and, uh, until I got kicked out of the numbers band. That's basically <laughs> it. Um, uh, uh, and then moved uh, with the, to the Tin Huey house in Akron and then found a place in Akron. And um, uh, then to New York in 1979 and back and forth uh, ever since then. And then seriously uh, uh, considered Ohio when I bought this place in 2000, 2005. But was really burning up, uh, blowing up cars on Interstate 80, going back and forth, and finally here um, uh, uh, officially since 2012 or so, 2014, something like that. Gotcha. Yeah. So did um with your family, with your parents, was there music in the family? My mom was a piano teacher. Yeah. Um, I tried desperately to play piano. I could play drums. I could play guitar. I could play bass. But I could not ever get, and I envy Thank keyboard you. players because there's a thing. I love sitting down at the piano and figuring things out. But uh, I cannot play a, you know, a goddamn song. Um, I just cannot cannot get this thing and I want I you know it bothers me. I I, I want to work on it. And my dad was in a big bands and and uh both the family listened to a lot of uh, I also brought up on, on musicals. Okay. You know the classic musicals fifties yeah, yeah. and sixties. But uh when I started to play rock and roll it was um uh, definitely not approved of and um uh <laughs> so I, I I I had to kind of bucket um uh, and nothing really uh, got serious until I went to Kent and was able to play, um, uh, you know, with restriction. <laughs> um, I, I drums were my first instrument, which is revenge for them not liking uh, rock and roll because I would bash away in my bedroom and I'm sure drive them absolutely up the wall, um, which they deserved. Um <laughs> Because of their contempt, uh, uh, I expressed my contempt uh, with uh, um, high volume uh, drum playing. So, high volume uh, drums and yeah, yeah, um, I couldn't bring the drums down, so um, I got an electric guitar and then later a bass and and um, you know fooled around with that stuff. And um, uh, but Kent was home for a long, long time and. I've blathered on in other interviews of, yeah. about how wonderful Kent was in terms of film and English department and music scene and the Water Street Strip and the numbers band as being inspirational. And um, uh, it was such a rich, rich, rich uh, uh, environment to be in. And, uh, you know, I'm just just this jerk from east, Cle east of Cleveland. And suddenly, you know, you're, you're really – getting a, a wonderful education in art and music and yeah. bohemia and um uh, it was fabulous until it wasn't which of course was may 4th 1970 yeah. and then you know the shit hit the fan and everything changed and um you had to get serious about something so that had um, to be intense to be there you were there right 
Yeah, the guy I was with was killed, um, Jeff Miller, and um, he was a buddy of mine. And uh, yeah, that was dark day, as Jerry Caselli from Devo says, the most Devo of all days. Um, yeah. You know, but that sent all of us artsy fartsy kids into, you know, uh, uh, you know <clears throat> some kind of weird direction because it was very hard to f- try and find a place for yourself in uh, the society that uh, and the economy that tried to kill you. So yeah. uh, uh, most of them went into the arts. And I say most, I'm talking about the guys from Devo and um, Chrissy Hind and Terry Hind, of course, yeah. still playing in the numbers band and um, all the filmmakers like Chuck Statler. And I'm name dropping, but, but for to make a point um well that was your John, crew it's not you John, know, those are the guys yeah, you John, ran with it's not name dropping you yeah. that was the scene you're in so that was the scene i was fortunate enough to yeah, be in and that's a great and scene. Stress that enough uh richard myers the filmmaker uh avant-garde filmmaker who who put us all in his films and and showed uh you know just all the classic uh, uh experimental films that underground films and yeah. it was just a wonderful environment to be in and it still resonates with me in terms of you know this was a major major uh, cultural um aesthetic yeah. uh, uh, influence you know well, that's something some of those films or some of those pieces whatever they may be they resonate you, you hit it you get it hit with it at first and it takes years isn't to figure out what it is isn't that true some some of the experimental films it's yeah you watch it over and over and then you watch it another everybody who's, who's studying film at csu and i hang out with him and he's yeah. like Oh, this is right. Like, and just right. You gotta watch it like this. No, think about it like this, and then think about yeah. the three act structure. Like, it, it, but yeah, it changes. It changes a lot of things. Uh, like a lot of perceptions of how you think about things. So, film's a yep. huge thing. And like, um, what films were you in? You were in a few of them with your buddy, right? Yeah. Well, well, um, uh, Richard Myers always, you know, had a students um in his films. Uh, yeah. One called Ak Ak Akron. Akron. Um, A-K-R-A-N, I believe, okay. and cool. uh, a, a few of the other ones. Um, you know, it was all very, very, uh, uh, um, uh, quick, you know, quickly done. And I'm not really sure what's going on, but I'm looking right now at a picture of myself yeah. painted silver <laughs> with kind of with cardboard angel wings because I had a representation of of of, of uh, you know the spirit of hope and somewhere else on the uh, in the scene yeah. was the spirit of death and so a little Bergman-esque stuff going on in there and and we're not really sure because it was like you know it, it, Richard Myers' stuff was very um, uh, image rich yeah. uh, and and although he did do narrative things too um uh, uh, a lot of it is just uh, pastiche and and very interesting images layered in um uh, uh, you know, maybe uh, non non linear uh, storylines and things like that, and um, there was just a lot to get involved in in that in that time period, and yeah. and what yeah. wonderful stuff. But you know, what about you? Did, 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 you know, what are the things that have inspired you? Not just necessarily musically, which we could go on and on about, yeah, I'm yeah. sure, but well, you know, yeah. things literature and films and all of that. What you know, tell me. Was it please, well, man. As far lately, um, the last film I dove into was a passion, a Joan Joan of Arc, the Passion of Joan of Arc, the black and white film, right? Right. And, um, Come and see. Have you seen that film? 
No, no, I'm I'm taking notes right now. Okay, come and, come see, and see is like this a uh, Soviet war film, and it's intense, and it's my. But those are the last two films my uh, my friend told me to check out, and like, uh-huh. but just that uh, in one uh, a rec- a local one, a uh, uh, paper paper uh, what's other paper not paper dolls. Um, I can't think. It'll come. It'll come back to me in the middle of it. Sure, but, sure, sure, sure. Uh, from a local guy, and like the nonlinear storytelling isn't in those two that I mentioned, but the idea uh-huh. of that, right? So trying to figure right. that out, that takes uh, how many listens through to you get that, right. or watching through? But like by the time you get that and piece together that narrative, unless you dive into it, you mm-hmm. know, you've have you've dissected that film in so many different ways, and like uh, yeah. it's 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 a good brain exercise to try to figure stuff yeah. out like that. I I totally agree. Um, you you know, Cleve is so lucky to have Cinematique. Yeah, you know, yeah, um, definitely. I, I wish. Yeah, uh, I I used to try and get there, you know, at least once uh, every two weeks. You know, just to see random. I I, yeah. I don't even care what they're showing, just uh just anything um uh to get stimulus and, you know, y'all got the Cedar Lee, which is which was oh, yeah, you know great. kicking right yeah, right. Definitely. You know, I can't wait to, for this damn pandemic to get get over with and get some culture no i totally agree with that like uh i I, there's something just aesthetically pleasing with seeing a film with a group of people even though you're not involved with them they're there you're going through this thing together or going through an art gallery that's one thing i miss is going through art galleries and i oh me um, too Transformer Station. I, yeah. I I I got my membership card uh, right here. Now, I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah. In Beautiful. fact, a friend of, of mine is one of the uh, owners of Laura Ruth. Ruth, sorry, of not uh, Ruth. Um, uh, uh, she's married to. Come on, brain fart. The, uh, <laughs> I feel it. The fellow who um, uh, owns us, the architect. Um, have you ever uh, um, Have you ever been the negative space? Um, uh, I heard of it. Um, short answer. No, no. Okay. Um, no, no, it's cool. It's a superior and 38th above a Asian market. I've been working there for the last like four years, putting together shows and until now, until now. Oh, but, um, um, cool. Um, yeah. Anytime you want to come, let me know and I'll we'll crack. Oh it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you are obviously rich, rich, you know, rich into, into the scene and, um, uh, gosh, I'm sorry, my brain is fried. But oh, um, there was also there was a great um, black box theater on the oh. west side. In um, oh oh, it's, it's the place that of the side your art sucks. You know, are, 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 are you familiar with that? In neon, it's yeah, great. yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, a friend of ours was in the pit band for a bunch of shows, and um, uh, uh, I was knocked out by by. Um, the live theater. We saw we saw a bunch of musicals and and some some uh, repertory stuff, and yeah. it was great. These actors are like, wow. I mean, they, you know, ain't no need to go to New York. I don't need no New York. <laughs> except, like, I, except uh, you know, I really miss getting Szechuan food at two o'clock in the morning. That's yeah. all. That's all I miss from New York. You New know, York, but Cleveland, it's, it's a whole other time. Like time yeah. schedule, time schedule. It works. Like I was talking to Don about yeah. it, and like, man, you if you get a nine o'clock set in New York, that's like before <laughs> the band shows up. Like, yes, right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> in in Ohio, exactly. you're like that's solid. It's not too late. Not maybe nine, maybe ten. But you know, what I mean, in New York, right. that's nothing. That's oh, nothing. Man. That's you know, they're they're still cleaning the glasses at the bar. You yeah. know. They're, <laughs> 
it's so oh yeah yeah it's so yeah, yeah 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 um yeah that's, you're right time there yeah the time scale is completely different and um by the way this brings up a pet peeve yeah i have noticed something about audio engineers in northeastern ohio they like guitars yeah and um they put the guitars on top of the drums and i and and in new york it's the other way around it's drums um so uh uh uh, I, I would. Uh, um, I, I have often been a pest. Uh, <laughs> if I would go see somebody at, at um, one of the area clubs, um, Beachland, and just uh, go to the board and just casually mention that, hmm, drums seem a little weak. Uh, you got plenty of guitars there, because I think it helps the performance. I mean, rock and roll is about drums uh, as much as it is about anything else and yeah. i think i think there's a there's a regional style of mixing it's just well cleveland is just you know guitar players yeah. you know i mean famous ones come out of cleveland right Definitely. and uh, of course so there's a there's a there's a skew you know things are skewed mix wise towards guitars i go no, no, no. Drums, big drums, 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 drums. When you think about it, that's what's that's what's going to move the people. You know yeah. I mean? You're going to move to the drums. Yes. You'll, you're you'll going to move to the guitars. Bass sell sex and uh, guitars sell beer. That's yeah. that's 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 the formula. <laughs> that's, that's the that's the that's the log line. That's great. Right. right, right. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it is weird. Now that I think about it. New York, New York was strange because they always had the setup. You didn't bring anything really. You brought your your, right. your axe. You brought your thing. Your, your, yes. But they had everything there, and they preferred it that way. And they're like, nope, nope. Yes. I have a Fender amp too. Don't even don't bring it in. Like, yep. which makes sense oh, yeah. with how it's laid out. You got public transit. Well, it's a, it's also the economic. You have five or yeah. six friggin' bands on a on a night, yeah, and yeah, yeah. um, you know, and and uh, but invariably, I, I mean, I I played a lot of drums, and invariably the fucking drum kit is just uh, trashed, you know. <laughs> yeah. A guitar amp, you know, a guitar amp is it's got to be a Marshall or a Fender, and it'll if you know it'll either work or it won't. Yeah. But a drum kit, a drum kit is you know usually bashed ahead. A few places have great kits, that's true, uh, but most of it. Mm-mm-mm. Also, I mean, it, it's also you know there. Uh, you, you brought up an interesting thing because one of my greats saw a. Tropes to keep blabbering about is the difference between uh, what it's like to be in a musician in New York and what it's like to be one in Northeastern Ohio. Yeah. In Northeastern Ohio, uh, back in the day, not so much now, maybe because you'll have multiple bands on a bill. You had yeah. one band and you played three one-hour oh, sets. Okay, three one-hour sets, and you hauled in your own PA. Uh, you go to New York, you play 45 minutes at 45 minutes in one second, yeah. the audience's <laughs> eyes, is, uh, eyes are glazing over. Um, uh, point being that when, you know, why, from my era, why did the bands um, who went to New, uh, New York, you know, slay people? A lot of it had to do with the fact that we really worked and we were used to playing, you know, three sets for five nights a week. Yeah. And you get to Max's or CBGB where it's, you know, 45 minutes. And um, it was like, oh, oh, oh we're <laughs> going to kill, we're going to kill this, you know. And, you know, so it, to me, uh, that training, 
is one strong reason why, you name it, Dead Boys, Perubu, Tin Huey had a great following um, in New York. Uh, waitresses, when I put the waitresses together, yeah. I, I specifically wanted people from the Midwest. I wanted transplants. And um, I was lucky to find people from Nebraska and Kansas and uh, Chicago. Uh, the only native New Yorker um, was uh, uh, Tracy Wormworth, um, who joined us later uh, on base. Uh, our, our original base player was from ne Nebraska because they're used to working and they're used to, uh, um, they had a, a work ethic. And um, uh, when they decided to make the move from corn country to the big city, you know, they would shed it for six months to get ready for the big yeah. uh, uh, for the big move and so they really really learned how to play so um yeah i i specifically wanted people from um the midwest well, that um, makes, or, yeah yeah so it makes sorry to mean the okay. it makes sense because like in the midwest you have more places you can practice you know what I mean? Compared yes. to New York, so you, get a you can house. really shed. Yeah, you, you can house. really shed, and then come yeah. up to the gig with everything tip top. Tin Huey had a house. Yeah, I bought this. I bought this house because Tin Huey. One reason was because Tin Huey had kind of reformed yeah. in two thousand three, two thousand four, and um, I, I was very uh, nostalgic about Mark Price's band house, which is on Oakdale in uh, Highland Square, and um, the room I'm talking to you in was our rehearsal room, awesome. uh, specifically, you know, so you could come here any time. Yeah. I mean. When you had a house, you would rehearse every night. Yeah. Tin Huey would rehearse every night. Every night you're writing or, you know, we had an A-track machine so we could record. So, you know, it was a full time. Well, no. Okay. Um, the opportunity to do music was yeah. full time. People had people had day jobs or yeah. whatever. But when you came home, you let tape roll or you you know, went down to the basement and started to bash around and come up with an idea or something like that. Full time yeah, practice. Full-time practice. Can't do that in New York. Mm -mm. Definitely not. Uh, I mean, I guess you could write. You can write and mummer right. to yourself, right. but not with a band like Tin Huey. Like, that's a that's a big band with a bunch of different parts, you know what I mean, yeah. going on right. and a bunch of different right. sounds. And, <laughs> you know, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Tin Huey, we would joke that Tin Huey, Tin Huey's uh, uh, style was to uh, throw every uh, possible instrument um, at a song as possible. There's always one too uh, one too many people playing, but that was <laughs> that's awesome. Though. <laughs> and like, it's cool. It, it, it makes sense coming from like this art inspired background. You know what I mean? That you would experiment in that way. And like, mm -hmm. <laughs> as a, a side note, before I get into that, um, was Harvey rusted? I'm sorry. Harvey Rusted was Harvey Rusted. Uh, oh, no, it was uh, Harvey uh, Tin. Ru I can't Har remember. Harvey Gold. Harvey Gold. Yeah, it was his Tin Rusted. I can't remember. There was that's the bit right for where the name came from. Oh, oh, you know, um, for Tin Huey. Well, I heard the or okay. I see. Oh, good, good, good question. And and you're not far off. You're not All far right. off. I, I um I I thought it was a goof on Steely. Dan, oh, okay. Um, you know, Huey, but no, no, it turns out that they were all, shall we say, uh, 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 under the influence of controlled substances, bashing <laughs> away in Mark Price's basement. And Michael Aylward's um, uh, brother uh, came in wearing a studded 
jacket, studded uh, jeans, metal studded jean jacket, and some wit uh, cracked. Oh, here comes Tin Huey. Uh, His name is Huey Aylward. Um, that's. <laughs> That makes more sense. I'm 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 told that that's the origin. So yes, you're right. There is metal involved, um, <laughs> but uh, uh, anyway, that's that's as I understand it, that's the origin myth of of the name. I I, I just thought it was a smart goof on uh, uh, Steely yeah. Dan. I didn't put I that know. together. I think that's I, I like thinking that it's a smart goof on Steely Dan a little bit more. It sounds a little more like uh, um, <laughs> like <a laughs> call it make it poking out. I don't know. It's like a avant-garde version like whatever like but those guys so they were playing while you were playing with the numbers band right mm-hmm, in Kent, mm-hmm. and you're like living yeah. above a pizza shop and that's where right. you're right. meeting some of these guys right mm. um so with the numbers band how that how'd you get involved with that because oh oh i was a pest um yeah? uh <laughs> they when they were playing as far back as the cove for the yeah. coburn um, they would do uh, a Bo Diddley song, and I would shove my, you know, shove my way on stage to play maracas, <laughs> and um, uh, I was just in awe, in awe of that band. And as well, listeners, they are in their fiftieth year; they're still playing. Um, they are marvelous. They are a natural treasure, and it's right in your backyard for like five bucks cover. So if you don't know them, if you don't sit, go to them, I will not speak to you ever again. They are they are the best you can find in the area. Um, anyway, uh, uh, here, eventually here. they were at their peak, at their peak, and this excellent excellent bass player named Drake. Gleason um, decided to quit. And uh, Bob uh, called and said, and I, by the way, I was playing guitar, but I had yeah. a bass. And, and I, uh, um, uh, he said, you know, we need a bass player. Come on down. So I, I played, I auditioned, uh, I, I got the gig, and I had three great, great years with them. And it's, you have not lived as a musician until you played. Uh, in the numbers band, or at least a band that is based on improvisation. Um, it's all heads up playing. We all know how the song would go, but uh, Bob is like Muddy Waters as in terms of a band leader, where if he wants to go 13 bars on a 12-bar blues, if he wants to change the lyric, if he wants to do something, he's reading the audience, right? If, if he wants to extend yeah. a vamp, if he wants to, you know, throw you a solo, uh, you know, you got your, you got as long as you want, but you better say something, or 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 he'll pull the plug, and you know, it's just so exciting. And so stressful, and because <laughs> uh, he's a he's a motherfucker. Yeah, uh, he has a work ethic uh, that is on beyond my work ethic. He is he 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 ran the band like a um, a factory and uh, a factory aesthetic because he's working class and. Yeah. A job, and um, you will make rehearsals and four times a week, and you will, uh, you know, be on time, and you will look good, and you will kill every night, and um, uh, that's a wonderful training ground, and that's how I got fired because <laughs> I, I began to write songs, and Stiff Records um, came to town and wanted to do an Akron compilation, and I had this fake band called The Waitresses, and um, they needed photographs, and so I cut rehearsal 
a cut rehearsal um, to get my quote unquote band's picture <laughs> taken, which was just a bunch of friends. Yeah. Because uh, uh, there was no band. And um, uh, that was one of the reasons why I got uh, fired. You do not cut rehearsal you know you better be you know in jail or um uh, in the hospital yeah and i mean i, I have i i played numbers band shows with 103 degree temperature i played numbers yeah. band yeah shows sitting in a chair because i had been in a car accident and ripped my knee open uh. um uh yeah you don't yeah you you, you do not show up. um damn. yeah you show up damn yeah well, there's something – one thing I found really interesting about the numbers band is the number itself right at the beginning yeah. and yeah. like how that, that it relates to this form of blues from – like it's from a book or yes. something, right? And yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's super interesting like how you're saying like he'll throw you – he'll make a 12-bar blues into a third – you read that crowd, which keeps it exciting as a, yeah. as a fan to see. You're like – Oh, yep. we're in it with them, and in the band, I can see like mm -hmm. you practice this thing. Oh, you know, at the end of the the thing, he's gonna go to the thing. But now that thing's different, so it keeps. I can see where right. it's super exciting. You, you follow, you're following yeah. him into the into wherever it goes, and like yep. tidal wave, it's either gonna crash or land. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But there's something uh, with the forms that's so cool with that band. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. By the way, fifteen sixty seventy five, um, the origin, as I understand it, yeah. um, uh, uh, downtown they have a thing called uh, the the Dream Book, and the Dream Book is uh, usually sold right at the cash register of a bodega. Um, the idea being, and it's updated. The idea being that. Um, if you have a dream that has certain imagery and you check mm -hmm. for the imagery and that's uh, – you get a number and that's the yeah. number you play uh -huh. for the numbers. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, okay. If it, okay. So 15, 60, 75 uh, was either um, – uh, depending on which story or whether they're both true or not. Yeah. Um, it was either highly sexual or it was uh, uh, a success um, yeah. or, or the numbers came in um, – uh, on that day, uh, you know, either 15 to 60 or 75 came in when they were pulling, pulling, um, you know, trying to put a name together. And it's from the dream book, Got as it. I understand. Okay. So, uh, that's pretty cool. cool. I, but you're right. It's also it's also one, four, five blues progressions. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, I just <clears> thought that was once I figured out, I'm like, oh, that's such a cool name. And like Is the idea of having name? these yeah. numbers as opposed to like the, the whatever, the yeah, you know, uh, having like yeah, a name. I, yeah, another the band. Yeah, no one's got. I numbers. never wanted. I never wanted to be in any more. I don't want to be in any more the bands. <laughs> no more yeah. the. Yeah, that's <laughs> that concept's been run. Um, yeah, did you play right. the Did you play the Bob Marley gig at the Agora uh, with the numbers band? No, I no, a Good point because that's 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 super interesting to me and part of my history. Yeah. No, I didn't I didn't and um, but I. And it, it, from from that uh, gig came uh, their album, Jimmy Bell's yeah, Still in Town. Right. And that's when the bass player had quit. Yeah. And they had, a, you know, boxes of records and didn't kind of know what to do with them. And I volunteered to, all right, I'm going to figure this out. And it's trying to sell their record is how I learned something about uh, the record business. And, you know, uh, 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 Rack Jobbers in Cleveland, who the distributors were. Yeah. And um, I began to send them out to A&R people. And I began to, you know, read Billboard and um, uh, what? 
whatnot to try and learn something about the record business and music publishing. And excuse me, that it's all, um, you know, goes back to my trying to flog this wonderful record, which is one of the great live records of all time. Agreed? Yeah, no, definitely. I, I went yeah. uh, like I, since I reached out, I went through a crash course of just about everything I can get a get a digital copy of to uh-huh. listen beforehand, and that one definitely that you can feel it. You can feel the crowd vibing with that one, and like, isn't it great? Isn't so it great? Good. It's so good. It's so good. And like, it's yeah. I, what blew my mind is okay after reading about it, like okay, that was a Bob Marley crowd. <laughs> yeah, they're going yeah. hard, man. Like, yeah, they're into yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Not that, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, that's a that's a different. I mean, it fits. It makes sense. Bills back yeah. then are so interesting. The local bands that would get on it, you don't really see a lot of touring acts. Yep, like that level. They they don't really bring the local cats on as much. It's a lot of just like who's on that that uh, tour with them. Yes. So um, yeah, now it's a package, right? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's super interesting though that you learn the works that way, trying to yep. sling the record. Yep. Yep. Oh man. Yeah, it, it, it was all very connected. I sent wow. a copy. I, I, I was a big fan of television. I yeah. read that that Karen Berg had sold uh, had signed television, which she was at Epic, and she went yeah. to Warner's. And uh, 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 she, I did send her a copy. She said, "This is good. Um, can you come to New York?" Numbers band with a grumble because yeah. uh, you know we had a steady gig. We decamped for one weekend. Yeah. She didn't show. Uh. She was in LA, uh, uh, come back, but later, um, uh, she signed 10 Huey, yeah. you know, and then later, later still, I asked her if she wanted to sign the waitresses. She said, no, uh, we have a quota and we met our quota for this quarter, mm. but I'm going to call my friend Jerry Jaffe yeah. at Polygram and recommend that, um, uh, he take a look at you and then here's his number. So it was Jerry Jaffe that signed, um, uh, uh, the waitresses through ZE, through gotcha. ZE. Um, first, like, single, records. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, so things that started with number span, um, uh, 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 you know, c- kind of carried on and continued uh, when I moved to New York. Yeah. And um, uh, uh, that was, again, another kind of huge education related to the numbers band. In fact, when we're done, I'm going to go over to Bob Kidney's and we're going to give him uh, oh, nice. you know, Christmas presents. So, oh, cool. Uh, cool, 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 yeah. man. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, we still we still are buds. Good, uh, good. Love, love him. Because was him. there a, um, while, while when, when, okay, what I think to kind of talk about the whole process of that, it's amazing that it's 2%, right? You, the, there's 2% of actual music playing in the music career. The other yeah. 98% is doing what you're talking about. <laughs> it's, it's paperwork. It's paperwork. <laughs> I just did that today. I I I I had two. I I I had something that I had to um had to make sure that my paperwork because it was a union it yeah. was a union recording. So I had to take care of AFM stuff mm-hmm. and SAG after stuff. And then since there were multiple things, then I had yeah. to copyright it and I went through the copy. That took two or three hours just out of today. Just out of today. Yeah. Yes. It's paperwork stuff. Oh, and then send it to a publishing administrator of mine, and and they have to, you know, then they have to do their paperwork. And um, uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, and now if you add it 
Now, now you add, and I'm not very good at it, and you sound like you're much, much better than I, uh, self, self-promotion. Because now you have to, you know, uh, feed um, the Facebook page, feed yeah, yeah, yeah. Instagram, feed Twitter, uh, you know, uh, Make content, uh, maintain maintain your um, uh, guests of uh, your um, fan base, and you know it's it's you are now a totally self-contained um, uh, entity uh, that has to do, as you say, ninety-eight percent of of the outside promotional stuff, and um, it is very much a career now, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's well, you're you're taking every angle, and I think that's it's interesting how. Now that falls on the you, right? So now, like the individual, you have to yep. do the whole thing, which is in yep. it's probably better in some degree because you can control it all. You get to be like, right. "This is uh, I said this, I didn't rewrite yep. it," but yep. it's also a lot to like figure out. And it, it's weird because only two percent making and playing music, and that's yes. the whole thing. Yeah, well, hats <laughs> off to you because you're juggling work, you're you're juggling um, uh, uh, your band, uh, you're juggling all the things that you mentioned that you're involved in, and I, you know you are one uh, screamingly busy cat right now. That's 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 something. Yeah, it actually all kind of started in the, from you. Yeah. Well, no, look at you, man. Um, hats off. It all started, you know, in 60s and 70s when, you know, record companies were all, you know, I'm an A&R guy. These are the yeah. songs you're going to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know we, we control it. And I think it was Jefferson Airplane on RCA that said, nope, we want approval for our graphics and we want, you know, approval for, you know, we want the control of this, control of that. And the record companies fought it and fought it. And then they said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. These knuckleheads want to do all this work okay <laughs> you, know, you know it's all go right ahead you know and, and the classic example and the most brilliant example is devo yeah. because what when they would they would come up with they wouldn't just come up with a record they would come up with a they would go to the record company and say okay here's our look for this tour yeah. here are the graphics for this uh, release, here are the ads because they were all graphic yeah. artists. Yeah, yeah. Here are the ads, the artwork, and everything. And they actually rubbed the record company the wrong way because they had it so worked out and so complete that the executives, whose job it was to do that stuff, were wondering, "Well, what do I do? <laughs> what am I, you know, grrr, these upstart." Lunkheads from Ohio, a bunch of spuds. <laughs> so, 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 so they they had a little trouble with that yeah. uh, because they were so good at it. Um, anyway, apocalypse. You know, that's just a little story. But yeah, um, congratulate. You know, you want artistic freedom? Congratulations, you got it. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's great. It's a lot in like, but I think it's good. I think it's good, and I think it's acts like Tin Huey and Devo and every these. You guys that were doing it your own way. Perubu, Perubu is another example. Perubu, yes, like, of course. Complete package, right? Right, right. Yeah, I'm not trying to. There's, <coughs> we can, but like, there's so many, there's so many unique and cool bands that have paid their own way, and like yeah. part of, part of that had to come from like, okay, you make this because you, everyone seemed to get signed off the rip, like when Devo mm-hmm. and like uh, all the bands out of the crypt, right? Were, yep. um, I think part of that was on the. What's a? I, I couldn't find the name of it, but the zine you wrote, right? Uh, say again. You wrote a zine about 
uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, Huey. Called blank. Yeah, yeah, what was yeah. It blank. Blank. It was okay. called blank. Yeah, I, yeah. I had a scene there. I had a scene because we weren't covered by the scene. Akron, Ac- you know, scene, yeah, yeah. the scene at the time was all Cleveland, and and we weren't, um, you know, being covered in Akron. And I decided, well, I'm, you know, this is very, it's all DIY, so I'm gonna DIY. I'm gonna start my own magazine, and, and I'm gonna write a letter to yeah. Richard, uh, to uh, Robert Criscow with the Village Voice, who just wrote this thing about going to England and seeing all these, the scene of the punks. And I wrote a letter to him. And, and in fact, that's funny. The letters at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the. Ohio exhibit. I That's said, awesome. well, all very well and good, sir, but you should get your ass to uh, Akron, Ohio, because there's stuff going on here that you need to know about, sir. And and that's kind of how it you know, helped yeah. Tin Huey get signed, because he came, he saw, he liked it, he wrote an article, and then he told Karen Berg yeah. you know, about it. And, Karen, and then Karen Berg came, and then Karen told her boss, Jerry Wexler, and then they... Came again. We had we had to put on. We had two weeks to put these shows together, oh, and <laughs> and oh oh my god, it was amazing. I just joined actually. I was only in the band like less than a month, and then all this started. And we, we you know we had to go to J to JB's. Go to Joe uh, Joe Bujak. Joe Bujak. Yeah, Chris, Chris. What you what now? You become big fuck rock and roll star. Not like <laughs> Joe Walsh. That fuck. That fuck Joe Walsh. He won't come back play my club. Chris, now you're going to become big rock. Star. You don't come back and play J- JBs anymore, right? Right? Okay, Chris, we can give you a gig. You know, you <laughs> scramble together and put yeah. a PA system together and put up posters. And because if I said there's a scene here, yeah. there better be a scene. <laughs> gotta make a right? scene. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, do it. That's you know, the and then DIY punk thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, and then, you know, so people come. And we have a show, and then whew, it's done. And then we get a phone call. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Karen Berg wants to come. It's, oh, Joe, Joe, can yeah. we get a? Can we get a? Chris, Chris, I tell you, you're going to become big rock star. You fuck. You're going to be like <laughs> that fuck Joe Walsh. Never come down. Never come back and play my club. He don't remember. You're going to remember me, Joe Bojack. You're going to remember, Chris. I don't think so. I think you're going to be a fuck too. <laughs> And then we had to do it again when Jerry Wexter came, you know. And Chris, Chris, what now? Three times, three times I got to bump uh, Glass Harp or something for for you. What? I I, I got to bump. Uh, I I don't know. I I I don't know who's even playing. I, I don't want. What? You need another date? Okay. All right. All right. But don't be like that. Fuck that. <laughs> fuck Joe Walsh. You don't come back and play my club. Oh, that's awesome. That's like an SNL bit. Like, <laughs> it's true. But it's true. that had to be three great nights for him. Yeah, <laughs> yes, when you're, it when was. You're so like what? That... What about tomorrow? What you going to do for me next week, Chris? <laughs> Chris, I don't know. Chris, oh, I don't man. know. It's that's awesome. What was it like? How was dealing with Jerry? Oh uh, well, he's a he's a pretty big. What figure. do you do in front of one of the gods of 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 you know of music? Um, uh, it was very good. It was very scary because you know um, he Jerry Wexler, you know, basically uh, developed R and B, yeah, the name and Atlantic Records for white people, right? Uh, this is one of the gods. This is one of the. Of, of the great gods of, of, of recording in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And uh, it was kind of wonderful. It was terrifying. Yeah. Um, 
we were signed by the East Coast office, and we didn't know that the East Coast and the West Coast of Warner Brothers, um, uh, well, they had contempt for each other. Uh, but uh, And the center of the record company was, in fact, West Coast, and we were these idiots you know, signed by the East Coast. And we got some love, but um, we also got, uh, uh, I'm talking about Tin Huey now, we, yeah. we also got, um, uh, you know, short shrift on a lot of things. Um, uh, we were going to be on Saturday Night Live, and uh, one of the execs, Ted Templeman, said, no, 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 I need that slot, because SNL, uh, SNL would rotate yeah. labels every week. He said, no, no, I got this protege. Uh, I want that slot. And so, um, uh, you know, the world could have found out about Tin Huey instead of this, I don't know, fake beatnik chick yeah. named uh, Ricky Lee Jones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> Oh, that's show business, yeah. baby. Oh, that's so rough, though. Uh, did you guys? Mm-hmm. What? Because, um, all right, when that record we're came out, right? We're not even talking about the waitresses. We're yeah, no, we're, we're talking Tin Huey. Huey. We've been bouncing around, but that's that kind of. It seems like that's how you've been handling it the whole time. Like, right? Like, were you with Tin? When? Okay, so you made this fake promo for the waitresses, which is why <laughs> yeah. you got out of the numbers, and then. Got into Tin Huey, and weren't yes. they playing JBs like underneath when the whole Jerry yes. record? Like, because right. you were trying to get yes. Jerry to go check out the number band. Absolutely, and we then, were, and he would not. And yeah. and is, Bob, Bob, we had Bob and I had a problem for a couple decades there yeah. because he had uh, uh, a lot of uh, contempt for uh, Tin Huey. They wear clown masks and they got a fucking electric. Lamp goose on the stage, no dignity, no dignity. <laughs> um, uh, but we, we, yes, we tried very hard to get Jerry Wexler out because thinking that this is the thing he's going to really like. Yeah, well, he wouldn't the, go. He's the sole guy. Go. Was it the stairs? Yeah. <laughs> like what? Why you're here? Why? <laughs> you know, why, why I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not interested in that stuff anymore. He says, "Oh man, come on, you invented it." Yeah, you know. <laughs> Well, I guess no, that was a heartbreaker. That was a heartbreaker. I mean, that's a th- one thing about scenes. Yeah, it's interesting. We're all brothers and brotherly love until yeah. somebody gets a record deal, and then, and then it all it all goes south, right? Yeah. Man. Mm. Well, it's beautiful so, that you guys point, are cool. Don't, <laughs> point, point, don't get a record deal unless you're absolutely completely ready for it. Hey, kitty, kitty. Yeah, I told you. It would come By back. the way, a cat has just joined the yeah, discussion. The I'm sure that they have. They have comments here, right? Noodle. Yeah, so don't don't get a don't get a record deal until you have a following. You have all your business straight. Um, in fact, to that effect, I have this thing called the Akron Music Awards. Now yeah, it's yeah, yeah. yeah, it's based very much on what's going on in your neck of the woods, which is the Panza Foundation, and John Panza um, uh, has been uh, a wonderful asset and helper into helping me set this up in our little scene here. Um, uh, If you're not aware of the Panza Foundation, they adopt four bands a year. Mm -hmm. They give them a stipend. They help with whatever it is they need, if it's legal stuff, if it's a cheap place to buy T-shirts, if it's, uh, you know, equipment repair. um, And they uh, uh, adopt them and stay with them for a year in I did a version of that starting in March, and then of course, um, yeah, yeah, 
everything went to hell. But I'm working in the background to try and keep our clubs open. Um, we have a little fund, and I'm paying the BMI, ASCAP, and CSAC licensing fees for the venues in Cleveland. I paid for three of them already, and I'm trying to return my call, you know, uh, a few of the other uh, live venues to keep uh, um, uh, to keep them open until yeah. this runs its course. But um, all these clubs have to pay a licensing excuse me, a licensing fee to the performance rights yeah. organizations in order to play music, um, play live music or record music for that matter. But uh, some of these fees are, uh, uh, you know, thousands of dollars. And if they, the venues, you know, ha- they can't get out of this, by the way. Um, so not only do they have, uh, they're going through terrible times in terms of, you know, laying off staff and, yeah. um, uh, you know, the bands can't play, but they have these fixed fees that they have to pay. And <clears throat> as I said, we had a little fund, a little fundraiser and whatever, and um, a generous uh, donation from a party. And um, I'm just I'm paying their their BMI, ASCAP and CSAC fees so they could at least not have that expense to yeah. worry about. That's yeah. awesome. Well, was, it, was it a Grog Beachland and somewhere else? Because I was working oh, with a. No, no, uh, that's uh, well, that's that's the Panza that's Panza's territory for oh, us. Okay, it okay, was, okay. You're uh, talking Akron, gotcha. Yeah, Tiki Underground, um, Old Ninety Seven, uh, Jilly's Music Room, and uh, there are two other uh, venues that I'm I'm uh, um, in touch with uh, in terms of their figuring out what their bills are going to be, and I'll pay them. Uh, uh, I slash we will pay. Yeah their fees too just to try and keep them open yeah, you know it's important we uh yeah. um, me and a buddy of mine uh so for teaching online i was trying to figure out how to do it and i learned how to do all the streaming stuff and i got a buddy yes, of sound tech so we've been streaming for the beachland and the grog shop and doing all that we we fell into that right and it's oh, so important you. to have that and keep those venues there because as a music teacher why am i teaching this if you can't eventually go somewhere and do it and get opportunity from it or Amen. you need to express yourself. So, like, um, my band, Sea Level, we just did a 10-year anniversary, and we played uh, the Beachland and the Grog before everything shut down, shut down, and it was, like, a big donation thing. Wow. Wow. Um, wow. And it ended up being pretty successful. We sold out both nights, COVID nights. So it was, like, right. one halfway decent night. <laughs> mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it was still pretty sick. Um, so that's so I, awesome I might- that you're doing that. Well, I, I might want to follow up because in, uh, Jilly's has done some streaming things, but um, I, I I might want to bug you off, Mike, yeah, um, sure. uh, later on about how you set that up. And I know uh, Cindy uh, uh, would would uh, Cindy runs the Beachland. Yeah, uh, Cindy's would best. Probably help for me and John Panza as well. But I have to do something like that here because more needs to be done. Uh, yeah. Bands have have played streaming shows, yeah. but. Uh, uh, and uh, they were, I think, done as fundraisers, but I'm not sure about that. But you saw, um, yeah, again, we're a much smaller scene than than you you folks are. I've also done some behind the scenes stuff with. We have an incredible, incredible circuit for house concerts, and it's a regular stop on that circuit. And yeah. some of the bands that have come out of our house concerts are now international, and they don't play these local clubs. They play the house concerts, and um, I've been in touch with with. Uh, 
some of those uh, folks, and some of them needed like a PA upgrade yeah. or something. And uh, again, we have a little bit of a discretionary fund, and we can help with you know getting extra mics or updating this and updating that. And um, what are some of the house uh, spots like Hive Mind? Hive Mind. Well, Hive Mind is gone, and I okay. I kill myself because I could have taken over the lease. Yeah. Uh, Hive Mind was wonderful. Yeah, um, it was a cool spot. Yes, I, I I did buy actually some things for Hive Mind before even this. That's so badass. Actor musical. So cool. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The house uh, venues oh, yeah, are yeah. like the next. Like that's almost more important than the venue venues because before you even get the encouragement yep. to go to the venue venue and deal with all the two like that ninety eight percent of the bullshit with filling out the yeah. papers. Yeah. And the, yeah. Yeah, that's where yeah. you just get and do it and meet people and like that's so important and I think that's okay. He's out of here. Okay. Hey, kitty, kitty. Yeah, the house is <laughs> the house concert stuff. I didn't. Even, I mean, I, you know, either I, I'm just starting that scene. But man, yeah. they've been going for 10, 15 years. And and um, I remember seeing one wonderful house concert with a band called House Guests, which is uh, 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 just fantastic. This was years ago when I just yeah. kind of began to really move here and um you know what just fabulous uh you know uh, fabulous venues great great performers i mean it's rich um uh and these 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 people are wonderful and they're dead in the water too you know so uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know can't wait yeah. wear a mask get your shots get this over yeah, with do the thing this fucking over with do the it's right not that thing. Hard. Yeah. Just put the thing on right. so we can hang out. Put the thing on. Right. You can be clever with the design. Right. I don't, you know, don't don't be one of those, you know, proud boy douchebag, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. You know, people, you know, no. <laughs> come on. It's a come on, you know. I had a student tell me the day that I look better with my mask on. No, they, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> Thanks, kid. (laughs) The proverbial backhanded Uh, compliment. Right. (laughs) And so do you, Junior. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Did you, uh, like, with with playing with, like, Tin Huey, when you guys toured, did you do a lot of house-type gigs? Like when you we did a little bit out. of everything. Yeah. You know, we didn't tour enough. We didn't tour enough. Um, uh, Tiddy was a whole other story. It's um, a big group, so it's hard to, like... It's a big group and, and all signed. that. Yeah, and uh, so we, we did some good, you know, the, the most, the best, absolute, fabulous thing and a treat, and it kind of set the stage again for other things is we got to open for television oh, yeah. at the yeah, bottom, yeah. bottom line for three nights. Um uh, and when it was their last shows, they were going to break up, and so they, you know, the, no, this is a, this is again a miraculous, yeah, miraculous improvisational band, right? And two shows a night, so we got six shows of television where they didn't give a damn, and they're going to do whatever they want, and they're going to take things as far out as far out as they could possibly go, and um, it's absolutely wonderful. Um, uh, uh, that was a huge treat because I got to meet you know all of them and become friends with them and billy Ficka, when we needed a drummer joined the waitresses and um i played drums for richard lloyd for a while yeah and it's uh, like a was third new york solo, which third second solo record yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and um uh, i can't say i'm friends with tom blank because he's kind of a very private standoff yeah. person but you know, I can say hi and on the street and get acknowledged. And Fred Smith is, you know, a most solid cat. And um, uh, when I was living upstate, he was upstate as well. And he and his wife uh, are, are, have a um, 
a wine business where they make their own label, their own labeled wine, their blenders, and the uh, absolutely fabulous wine. And uh, he's an electronic tech. And if something was screwy with my junk when I <laughs> was up there, he was more than generous and that guy's wonderful. Important. Yeah, yeah, that guy's and. Important. Uh, um, so Tin Huey, you know, really, really got um, uh, 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 a wonderful thing happened to us uh, Man, that's so to awesome. do that. So, uh, but touring, um, you know, waitresses were much more jump in the van and yeah. play anywhere, everywhere. And basically, we we because I know what boys like was 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 getting airplay in college yeah. radio, so we would play every college. That um, uh, uh, you know spun the record, and and we were able to uh, go, you know cover a lot of terrain because there are a lot of colleges. Yeah, yeah. Um, college radio at the time was you know uh, uh, as influential. F well, certainly it was, it was the only way to go for new wavy type bands because uh, if, if we were not. Uh, you know, we had one song, which is different than than some of the more commercial new wave bands. Um, but uh, 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 I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was like, it, it, you, it's right. You're right. That having you had multiple. The waitress had multiple songs when the Christmas one came out. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, we did okay, and then it all thing blew up, which is a whole other story, maybe for another time. But um, that yeah, we were, tune's always been one of my favorite waitresses. Oh, thank jams. you. That's a thank jam. you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. I'm sincerely saying thank you because I know what boys like presented women in in in, in, in a in a shall we say controversial, yeah, yeah. Uh, non me too way. Yeah. But I thought, okay, this is I, I got to balance this, or all my female friends uh, are, are going to hate me, and or you know this is not really kind of where I want to go. And and the No Guilt song, the B side, was this is more of a of a of a human type person yeah. you know balanced and um and uh from that it the writing goes like okay i'm going to develop this person more yeah. not you know we're going to leave the the cocktaser image you know that's done Let, yeah. let's 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 round out the picture round out the character with um uh, as much as i could learn from my female friends yeah about this is how women think and feel, and um, uh, you know, it was education for me. Well, and just to get in the mindset of writing in a character like that, and like, I, or for for a performer, really, it's really interesting because it, it puts you in that you're fully experiencing that to some degree, right? When you're writing it, because you're learning yes. that perspective as well as trying to trying to uh, express it, and I, I, with yes, you wrote pretty much everything for the waitresses yeah so uh -huh. like and the fact that it came from this fictional fictional idea to begin with when you're yes. doing all these other projects is amazing mm -hmm. so that they conceptualize it write it and bring it to reality and then find the players and players that were willing to do it that's such yep. like that's more than 98 percent of not doing the music thing and just putting all this effort yeah. into it but it it, it's done so well and the message Thank seems you. like if I didn't read the credits and just heard the record I would assume she was writing you know what I mean mm -hmm. just because of how well it matches to 
that person. I, I, you did a good job with it. <laughs> Thank you. Take That's that. All I'm I tried to say like, with that. I tried like hell. We were a kick-ass live band. In case anybody, uh, there is a King Biscuit Flower our, um, uh, live disc from my father's place. If anybody yeah. gives a damn, um, uh, we were a kick-ass live band. Uh, it was really great musicians, and um, that was both two-sided because uh, they were such good musicians that I was really scared that I whatever I would write um, uh, would not. Uh, hold their interest and uh, I had the built in improvisational sections and I took a lot of Tin Huey-ness and numbers band-ness and translated into a waitress's show and there were open spaces and there was you know I'm not sure how the, uh, this song is going to be loose yeah. and let's see what happens and um, yeah, so I, I, I really had a, 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 it was a difficult brief to try and, and keep the character going to, uh, um, not appease, but to satisfy and stimulate really yeah. good players who could, who could go anywhere and be with anyone. Um, and also to, to, uh, you know, try and keep uh, our job, which is yeah. to, you know, sell some records and, um, <laughs> Be which is poppy. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, which is always <laughs> easy. Uh, yeah, but it even, was tough. Even like with uh, what boys like, there's that boys like, there's like that tension. It's not all bubble. You know what I mean? There's no. that new wavy, like, it's, it's all kind of got the ska bit to it, but. Yes, it, it does. It, it's got. It's got that crunch. It's got well, the art thank, coming into and, it. And I got to say, it's got some funk. And it does get some funk. I got to say, if you sit down and try and play it, it is a rather sophisticated piece of ch- ch- pop doodle cheese. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's a sophisticated piece of music. By the way, I hate to say this, but I have like 10, 15 okay. more minutes. Cool. And then, and then I got to like, go. Totally fine. Totally fine. I really appreciate your time. I've been like... Well, keep uh, going, keep going, yeah, yeah. but just I'm, I'm giving you a, a okay. deadline. No, thank you. Um, so with the, the kind of touch on something else with the waitresses, with Holly, she yep. eventually, she stepped in for like a slight okay. bit. So writing for this <sighs> one particular person and trying to... Didn't have to, a chance. Yeah, it, was that just it? It just fit yeah, the mold of disaster. And, okay. That was a disaster. That'd be yeah, hard for she, someone to step in to something that's uh, been completely designed around well, the person. Well, it was... Boy, you know, I don't want to get libelous here, but uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, libelous in print, slander yeah. is, yeah, okay, slander is here. Now, basically, we did a couple shows. I thought she was great. She, this was going to work. She's a writer. She's got uh, uh, guitar chops, yeah. keyboard chops, and uh, and then we had this show in New York um, uh, at Columbia University with six hundred people and she no showed and um Got that's the numbers just mentality that, that yeah well no she just no showed she then a couple of days later she said i'm sorry i just couldn't do it well i found out she had a few uh, substance problems and other problems and that kind of killed it for me yeah, uh, yeah so She's not uh, number one on my head parade uh, (laughs) as a person. I guess she continued on, did electronic music, DJs, whatever. Good, good. Hooray, good for her. Kind of going off the electronic bit, the devil's glitch. Sticking with the pop thing, 
how did that come to even be an idea to do this this Guinness Book of Records breaking long pop song? And then there's the major glitch, which is even longer. But where right. did this thing come from? Oh, and now it's the infinite glitch because it plays forever. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, I wrote a song called Double Glitch, which is basically me, you know, gr- uh, grumping about, um, you know, me, uh, 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 I'm not being able to fix things mechanical or, you know, having my ATM card being eaten and just having a real bad tech day, right? Everything goes wrong. Um, and how the person I most respect is somebody who can fix things. And there's a uh, the way the song is structured, there's a repeat, there's a breakdown, and then there's kind of a Rolling Stones ramp up at the end with 12 repeats of these couplets. Sometimes you can fix something by blah, 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 whatever. There's 12 of them. And I played it for a friend of mine, Nick Berry, Nick Berzanski. And and I don't remember whether he said it or I said it. He said, because I was sheepish about the length. And he goes, oh, no, 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 no. Or or one of us. I'm glad to credit him. It's fine. Anyway, (laughs) uh, it it was said in the room, you know, probably with the song isn't that it's uh, too long. It's that it's too short what if you just kept going and i thought well that's a hoot and a half um, i love pranks like this and i sat down and i wrote another oh another 10 or 12 uh, couplets and then i wrote another 50 more and then i wrote another 100 more and then uh pretty soon i had 500 uh uh couplets and okay well uh, wouldn't it be who to try and record this and so um, um, my good friend Hoboken engineer uh, Scott Anthony uh, was a um, this was pre Pro Tools but there was a there was a, um, a company called DAW Digital Audio Workstation Incorporated and, they, and Scott was a beta site for uh, DAW's um, program development and we thought well uh, let's stress the hell out of this uh, with this project. Uh, we recorded um, uh, 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 all those 500 verses with a, with a click track and an acoustic guitar background in 20-minute chunks on um, ADATs, uh, ADAT being um, Alisa's digital audio uh, tape format that um, was very popular in the early 90s, and every, everybody had ADAT machines. It was, a, it was a digital tape recording system that recorded on um, uh, VHS tapes, uh, big cartridges, you know. Um, and But uh, it was a stupid, super, super successful profile of, of a, a, a platform, sorry, yeah. around the world. So I thought, okay, let's bust up um, uh, two or three minute, four minute, five minute chunks of that long thing, on put it on an ADAT, uh, give them a click track, give them an acoustic track, and send the tape to people around the world and say, you do the backing track and sell it and get it back to me. And thankfully, people did. And uh, we glued this whole thing together, straining the computer, straining this program, try, you know, on the phone with the developer saying, okay, this thing is, uh, at the time, it was 85 minutes long. Uh, you know, what, you know, uh, you can't handle this, you know, anyway, anyway, but yeah, we had to cut it down in order to fit on a CD uh, to, um, uh, because of one of the original uh, five minute version. So we had to cut it down to 69 minutes and put it on a CD. And then the people who were pissed about, they were pissed about being cut. Yeah. And uh, I understand that. Or, 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 you know, how come you didn't ask me? I wanted to do one. Okay. Well, <laughs> you, you know, time goes on and, 
and now we have the internet. Yeah. Where there is no time restriction. Aha. So I uh, was able to edit back everything in. And then people who said, hey, you know, I really want to do, you know, something. Well, fine. Bring it. Well, now it's over four and a half, five hours long. Um, uh, it's on the web. It's at infiniteglitch.net. That's all one word, infiniteglitch.net. And this is an open call, an open call. Please, if you are interested in contributing a chunk, please do contact me through this podcast. And uh, uh, there are, if you go to the site, there are tools for you. There's the click track. There is the acoustic track. There's some words that nobody has used. Um, but you, the best thing is for you to come up uh, on your own. Now, all you got to do is come up with with lyrics that go. Uh, sometimes you can fix something by, and then fill it out with your life experience. That's the key. Or it could be funny or whatever, but yeah. you need to finish the couplets, <clears throat> record it, put a backing track, whatever it is. I don't care. Tune vacuum cleaners, kazoos, whatever, nothing, crickets. I don't care. <clears throat> you know, your favorite bird calls, whatever. Send it to me, and we'll glue it on in and um because awesome. it's too short it's five hours still too short now okay so flaming lips did something that's 24 hours no they didn't that's not a song in america a song is a lyric and a melody and lucky for you it's a two-note melody so no that does not qualify as a long song now guinness is retired the category. I did get a Guinness <laughs> Book of World Records for the world's longest pop song, recorded That's pop awesome. song. Okay, uh, and it's on my wall. But uh, I'm sorry, Flaming Lips. That's not a song. You know, some really great, you know, long instrumental jam. That is not a song. That's instrumental. Okay, so uh, open call. If you're listening to this, come on, come on. It's too short. Give me chunks. I'll put, I'll put a link. Chunks. We'll link be longer. It. I want more people to do that. <laughs> I want more people to do it. <laughs> I, I want it to contain the sum total of human knowledge. Yeah. Well, after one point, <laughs> it's going to be know? human experience in some degree. That's right. That's right. That's, That's awesome. Right. I mean, I mean, we have okay. We have John Cage's piece, right? And yeah. like a month ago or so, they just actually changed the note. It's supposed to go for what six hundred years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's great. That's wonderful. Love it. That's it's him. not a song. <laughs> it's not a song. There's a, a song is a in the song. melody and lyrics. <laughs> that's so sick. Oh, man. I'm gonna try to rope some students into doing that. <laughs> Not yeah. that I know it's an yes. open invite. Please, please, please. <laughs> oh, man, it would be, be so, such, so much fun. Um, but and uh, two more questions. Okay. Are, are we out? Okay. No, no, no keep going. But, okay, but, the DBs, and I want to know a little bit about Ralph Carney. Okay, <sighs> DBs, all right, wonderful. Uh, recorded Bearsville. Um, uh, Chris Stamey had quit. Uh, Peter Hosapple was now the main songwriter. He, uh, he had wonderful songs, but Chris was the like the arranger, and 
and uh, very studious, and so they had a hold of Phil, and it was it was very difficult to 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 make the record, and it took a lot of time, but they did come up with a wonderful record called Like This, and um, uh, I think it's a, a, a monumental ach- a, a, a achievement of theirs. Um, uh, I had a, <clears throat> a couple run-ins with the studio owner, which is Albert Grossman. Um, I had a bigger run-in with Todd Rundgren, who was up there, because uh, Albert and Todd were like enemies. You know, mm-hmm. Todd was in, yeah. you know, Albert in Bearsville, and Todd was over there, and if you worked for Todd, you couldn't work for Albert, and they hated each other, and the next thing I know, in the middle of a recording, um, Todd Brumgey gets hired by Albert to be the A&R guy for Bearsville, <laughs> and suddenly I'm accountable, not just to Albert, who's very curious, Albert Grossman, Albert Grossman is known as the Blue Jean Buddha, Albert Grossman was Bob Dylan's manager, Albert yeah. Grossman was Jimi Hendrix's manager, Albert Grossman is notor- was notorious, yeah. notorious, um, shall we say, uh, the, the, uh, well, I use the Yiddish word, Ganef, uh, means thief. Um, uh, a very hard person to deal with and could care less about uh, the, the music. Chris, at the time, he said, Chris, I thought I'm, I'm all excited about making this record, Albert. And he goes, Chris, <clears throat> all I care about anymore are restaurants and wood. Yeah. Okay. So Todd, Todd butts in and doesn't like. We finished the mixes with a wonderful engineer, Michael Frandelli. Todd doesn't like the mixes. Now Todd takes a master tape and throws up a couple of faders and goes, you know, it should sound like that. Sound like shit. Now what you don't know about Todd, but yeah. God, um, is that when he made records for other people, whether it's um, Meatloaf, he's very uh, 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 Meatloaf or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Okay, these are amazing. That's you know whatever whatever you think of meatloaf or whatever. But everything he did, except for XTC, everything he did was remixed by someone else because he would lose interest, or he just you know the creative thing, the recording yeah. thing was what he loved. Yeah. Mixing, was, you know, tiresome. So here's a guy telling me to to, <laughs> to remix. You know, thanks, buddy. You know, um, uh, anyway, that ended uh, not particularly well. But the record is great. And um, uh, the original mixes are out there. And, and those aren't Todd's mixes on the record. Another person's mixes. But um, uh, it's a great record. They're great guys. Still in friends um, uh, with Peter Apple and Ralph Carney. Ralph Carney, what can I say? This guy... I, I met him when I was thinking, I think he was 20. Um, uh, he had just joined Tin Huey, and I remember seeing him at the JB's. And just, this is a guy who could play anything. Now, please understand, there are a lot of talented musicians who can play yeah. multiple instruments within a, a family of it, like all the reeds yeah. or all the keyboards or strings. No, cross-platform, anything with a string you hit it, you blow into it, you pluck it. Um, he can do anything on any instrument. Amazing. Um, crazy guy, wonderful guy. Uh, ultra silly, ultra serious. Uh, uh, this is a, studi- uh, a studious jazz musician who can be as corny and cornball and off the wall as possible. You don't get that, you know, yeah. in any one human being. Um 
Uh, our last thing together was he called uh, four or five years ago and said, hey, hey, we got to do a project. And and people have been bugging me for years to do, um, you know, you had such success with Christmas wrapping, you know. Yeah. Maybe you should do more holiday songs. But, you know, nah. But so we did holiday songs, but offbeat holiday songs. Um, uh, salami Appreciation Day. Um <laughs> Penguin Awareness Day and did it by passing tapes back and forth and pretty soon we had 16 tracks, you know, silly stuff, fun yeah. um, uh, and then and then he falls down the stairs yeah. cracks his head and is gone and man uh, that's a huge hole to fill, he was really something as a guy, as a musician uh, really missed, and now we've ended on a downbeat yeah. thing. But um, I was gonna say, Don yes. spoke highly last, of him, which is why I yeah, wanted to ask you about days. it. Yeah, last couple of days, that's the third anniversary of this, and all our friends are posting remembrances. You know, um, uh, um, you know, on an upbeat of it, Easy Life was somehow <laughs> right. Uh, what, what was it like a fundraiser for it for him, right? Uh, or did I read that wrong? No, no, but there were other things that we did that were, were fundraisers, yeah. Now, Easy Life is a uh, – thank you for even bringing it up. It's a separate it's a project. It's a great record. <laughs> thank you. It's on Bandcamp. Yeah. I, I really like the ones with the spoken word in between it. I like that take. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Easy Life is, is uh, me reminiscing and telling the story of what it was like to be – an artsy fartsy kid at Kent. Um, uh, uh, and all the songs are based on that. And yeah, there's narration. Um, I got to perform it once. I'd like to do it again. We we're going to do it for the 50th uh, on last May 4th, but you know, everything was canceled. Yeah. Maybe we'll do it again. Um, the companion piece to that is a record called Got It Together with yeah. the word together misspelled on purpose. Yeah. And that's me as an adult. Um, so I consider them like a diptych, you know, this is yeah. me as a kid and this is me as an old fart. So, uh, the the yeah, that companion piece. Um, awesome, man. Yeah. Thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate hmm? Do you have one more question? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have one more question? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Side note, trying to think of an upbeat thing. Did you ever find the baby blue? The two yes. guitar? Yep. Yes. Yes, Baby Blue. Baby Blue was in Brussels. Baby Blue was hanging on my wall. Yeah, beautiful. Baby Blue is a is a is a Robin's Egg Blue Vox uh, uh, Mark III uh, uh, Mark II sorry Mark III uh, electric guitar, and uh, it was sold in 1987, and I bought it back in 1997 by going to Brussels. Belgium and Jeez. purchasing it from the woman, a uh, very sweet woman, Christine Moss, who um, uh, who had purchased it and was interesting. And finally, it's you know time to sell it. So uh, uh, yeah, awesome. it's on my wall. There, yeah, of course, there's made another. Let's do it. Yeah, made it home. That's made so it awesome. home. Well, it's on the wall. I just you. played it the other day. It's uh, yeah. it's still uh, obnoxious uh, <laughs> uh, sounding. <laughs> Sounds great through a Marshall. Sounds great. Uh, the Christmas rap, best guitar on Christmas wrapping, and um, I, I had never played a Marshall. I was a Fender guy, and yeah, and, ooh, yeah, and it was like, wow, I was poor, you know. I got a, I got a forty used twin. That was it, you know. Um, yeah, Marshall was for hard rockers, you know. Uh, uh, and I, I played it through a Marshall. It's like, yeah, okay, all right. 
Yeah. <laughs> for sure. All yeah. right, Chris. Well, thank you so much. This has been a blast. Oh, I've been he- reading about you and digging into your stuff for the last few weeks when I've been talking to Don and Glenn. Uh, Don and Glenn. Um, but, and that, so to actually get to talk with you has been awesome. So thank you so much. I really so appreciate much, this. Brother. 